Hi everyone, my name is Jennifer Blaze and I am the host of the Unanswered Podcast. And this is actually the last episode of the season. Um, and I wanted to do kind of a recap as to why I started this podcast. As I mentioned in the first episode, the one titled Michael Negretti, he was kind of the inspiration for this. Um, I have thought about him for years and years and I just always wondered, you know, what happened to him. So that got me thinking that there's hundreds of thousands of other people that go missing all around the world and, you know, nothing's ever done about it. We don't hear anything about it. Um, I don't know why the media, you know, decides to go full for full force with one case and, you know, crickets for another. Um, I mean, I have an idea and I think you probably do too, but so I wanted to, um, you know, feature a variety of different people kind of on this podcast. And what I found the most challenging was there really wasn't any information about a lot of them. You know, as you can see, that's why some of the episodes are only, um, you know, five to 10 minutes long because there just wasn't any information on them. Uh, I think that needs to change, and I think with the power of social media, things are, are, are getting better when it comes to a missing person. At least the reach gets a little bit further than it would if it was just, you know, on a local news station or, you know, a write-up in, in a newspaper. But it still baffles me how someone literally can just vanish. Um you know, I, I personally had a scare where my mother went um, across the street to the neighbor's house and she left her car door open and her purse sitting on the seat. So, you know, and, and I was like four hours away um, on vacation and, you know, my father called me and, and said he can't find her and, you know, I'm just staying, staying calm at that time, but I was like, no, she's got to be at the neighbor's. He was like, no, she's not there. Turns out she was at the neighbors and, you know, she was like, oh, gosh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize how that that looked, that that scene. Right. Um, and as a person that's been into true crime for a very long time. And if you are, too, you can only imagine, you know, what that scene looked like. So um, but I was already in in react mode. You know, I, I called the police. I called the security who, who lived in their community. Um, you know, I called cousins, I, everybody was on it. Um, not to say that people, you know, who have family members that go missing, don't, don't react in this way as well. But I just, I guess my thing is for someone that, that kind of researches, you know, missing people here to, there needs to just be more information. And what I mean by that, yeah, it's helpful what they look like, you know, what they were seen last wearing. Um, but I think it's also good to humanize these people, right? They're, they, they have a story. Everybody has a story. And I think that sometimes that gets overlooked. And maybe that's why some stories in the media get more attention than others, because they make that person human, um, as opposed to just a little, you know, two minute blurb on the news about a local woman going missing. Um, I, I personally, I want to know more about that person so I can feel some kind of connection. So I get invested and I'm like, we've got to find this person. Um, and it's easy to do that, right? If, if they said something simple, right? This person loved cats or they went to this school or they worked at this, you know, job or in this field. I think it sparks people's 
um, attention and they want to be involved and they want to follow the case and help any way they can. Again, social media is a wonderful tool these days that you know a lot of these people that I do stories on, they didn't have that option then. But we have it now. And somebody, again, always, always knows something. Um, there was a case recently about these two teenage kids and, and they went missing. We'll come to find out their car was found at the bottom of a lake. Now, that's one of those, those scenarios where, yeah, nobody, no one knew anything. There wasn't foul play. I don't know what happened and how they ended up at the bottom of that lake. Um, I think it was a dark night, something along those lines, and they ended up you know, um, veering off the road and into the lake. But for some of these cases, you know, it's, it's obvious that somebody knows something and they're just not talking, but you know, that could change over time. Somebody, you know, that does know something decides to come forward, you know, years, decades later, but families need closure and these people deserve to be remembered. So, Again, that's a reason why I decided to do this podcast um, because I am interested in, in other um, aspects of true crime. There is going to be a Halloween special that comes out on October the 4th, um, our regular scheduled time. So take a look out for those. It's some really interesting true crime cases that focus or are surrounded around Halloween, Halloween theme. Um, and then season two of The Unanswered is going to be coming out sometime in January, and it's going to focus on Hollywood true crime murders, some solved, some unsolved. So that's what I'm going to be working on. So continue to follow, like, share, um, join me for the conversation. I think that a, a lot of these cases, I try to do cases that really haven't had a lot of media attention. So again, we can get that conversation going. But um, again, if you have a family member that is missing or if you have a case suggestion, I am gonna go back to doing missing person cases. But if you have a family member that unfortunately goes missing, just my advice, make a lot of noise. Make as much noise as you possibly can. Use every single tool at your disposal to get the word out about their disappearance and hopefully that will help to bring them home safely. Um, so without further ado, let's get into the last episode of the season, and this is the story of April Jean Bailey. Thank you for listening. Over 500,000 people go missing each year in the United States. Many are found alive, some deceased, and others, it's almost like they just up and vanished leaving their families, friends, and even law enforcement to wonder what happened to them. Sometimes there's lots of theories, speculations, and harsh accusations. But most of the time, it's just a lot of unanswered questions. Each week, this podcast will explore a missing person case and hopefully get some answers to those unanswered questions and remind us to not forget those who are missing. At the time of her disappearance, 36-year-old April Jean Bailey was 5'3 and weighed 130 pounds. She had long, black hair and blue eyes. She was last seen wearing a black jacket, black sweatpants, and slippers. 
I chose this case because I have so many questions as to what happened to April. Questions that I couldn't find any answers to. On January 15, 2020, in Nashua, New Hampshire, April went outside to throw away the trash in front of her house on Lynn Street, where she rented a basement apartment with her boyfriend, although another source stated that it was just a roommate. Her cell phone and purse were left inside of the apartment, and April hasn't been seen since that day. There isn't any more information on the day of her disappearance. Let's talk a little about April. She was a mother of three, and although I don't think this is relevant, it's mentioned in multiple sources that April previously had a substance abuse problem, but that she was sober for quite some time. It also appeared that she grew up in the area and her and her siblings were well known. April's friend Heather Dupree told the union leader, quote, she would give the shirt off of her back for anybody. She never pushed anyone away and she was always there. Now it is our time to be there for her and find her. I won't give up hope, end quote. There doesn't appear to be any signs of foul play, and police haven't said if there were any witnesses to that day when she allegedly took the trash out. I say allegedly because I'm curious as to where the police got that information from. I feel like there's so much more to April's disappearance, and maybe police just aren't sharing the information that they have with the public, or that they truly just don't have any information or clues that could lead to finding her. Something that I did find interesting, and it just could be a coincidence, is that according to the union leader, is that April was the third person to go missing from that neighborhood. Now again, that could mean nothing, or it could mean something. April's daughter told Boston 25 News, quote, I feel like after two years, if there wasn't foul play, we would have found something, but we haven't found anything, end quote. I wasn't able to find any real theories as to what happened to April, but I have a lot of questions as to why it took five days to report her missing. Reports stated that she lived with her boyfriend, but that family members were the ones to report her missing. Again, why did it take so long? Did she go missing from time to time and eventually return? I mean, was this normal behavior? Nashaw Police Lieutenant Dan Menderos told Bob Ward of Boston 25 News that there have been no sightings since. Quote, we have detectives assigned. This is an active and open missing persons investigation. End quote. He said detectives are looking into April's past for clues. Quote, we are trying to dig deep into April's background to really determine what was going on in her life at the time that she disappeared and to see if that would be any significance into what we need to look into. End quote. I do agree with police looking into April's background. I mean, was she having issues with a current or ex-boyfriend? You know, did she get into an altercation with someone? Was she afraid or leery of someone? So many unanswered questions. I did find a Facebook post where someone felt that April's father had something to do with her disappearance. As far as I know, the police have never named him, or anyone for that matter, as being a potential suspect. This is one of those cases that I feel could really be solved. Somebody definitely, definitely knows what happened to April. Again, how do they know that she went to throw the trash out? You know, was the roommate there, the boyfriend? Who, who reported this? And when did they realize, hey, she didn't come back yet? You know, did they go outside? Did, did they talk to other people in the neighborhood to see if they saw anything? Like, 
just something isn't adding up to me. And I mean, I don't, I don't know what it is, but something, something doesn't seem right. Again, April was 5'3 and weighed 130 pounds. She had long black hair and blue eyes. She would be turning 39 years old this October. She has a butterfly tattoo on her right shoulder, the names Isaiah, Savea, and Manuel on her left leg, and the name Damien is tattooed on her right ankle. Her ears and upper lip are pierced, and she has a scar down the center of her spine. April has ties to the Boston, Massachusetts, and Glen Falls, New York area. If you or anyone you know has any information, big or small, regarding April's disappearance, please contact the Nashville Police at 603-594-3500. For more information, as well as pictures of April, please go to our website at theunanswerpodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe for the latest episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Unanswered Podcast. We'd love to hear what you think about this case, so check out our blog post on our website and give us your theories. Thank you for listening.